We're turning to the Word of God tonight, and we're going to take up some scriptures on this very important subject. And I want to turn with me to Genesis chapter 19 and open the Word of God there. And then you can follow me. I'll give you time to turn to the other passages. Uh, we're going to preach the Word tonight as the Lord has laid it on our hearts. Now, my task tonight is not to attack the homosexual or gay community, nor is it to cast aspersions upon their lifestyle, although I abhor it and totally disagree with it. But what I am here to do tonight is, and what I'm called to do, and what I must do as God's servant and God's watchman in this hour, and that is to declare to you honestly and forthrightly what the Bible says about this sin that we're going to talk about tonight and what God says about it and above all the end that's going to come upon it. Over 32 years I have dealt here with many subjects from the Word of God. I preached on countless ones, what the Bible says about sin, what the Bible says about marriage, what the Bible says about creation, redemption, divorce, families, and many other topics. So tonight our subject and our topic is that of sodomy. Sodomy. That's the name that Scripture gives that encapsulates all the other names that you hear mentioned in its defense today. Names such as the LGBT, homosexual, bisexual, gay, lesbian, transgender, etc. It's summed up in one word in the Scripture, and that is sodomy, and that's why I call it sodomy. Now, Sodom was an actual city in the Holy Land, as we called it, in the days of Abraham and Lot. It and its twin city, Gomorrah, is mentioned 80 times in the Scriptures. 50 times, 56 times for Sodom, and 24 times for Gomorrah. And almost every time it's mentioned, they are mentioned, it's to do with sexual perversion, immorality, infidelity, and sin. Men with men, women with women, changing the natural use that God created us to be. Now these highly populated and indeed highly educated cities became so saturated and infested with this type of lifestyle that God in his wrath destroyed them with fire and brimstone and you most of you know that. Peter writing centuries later said that he reduced the cities to ashes Jesus said in Luke 17, speaking about these last days, as it was in the days of Lot, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man, these days and hours in which we're living in, so shall it be in the days of the coming of the Son of Man, when fire and brimstone fell from heaven and destroyed them all. Now that's the words of the Lord Jesus in the New Testament because they keep referring us to the Old Testament law. This is the New Testament, and this is what the Lord Jesus Christ said. Now, there are many names given in the Bible to, to the Sodomites. 
Very many of them, more than we would have time to mention tonight, but there are seven. And when I name these seven to you, it might help you to understand why I am preaching on this tonight and why the voice needs to be raised in this day of compromise in even the evangelical church in which we live. The first one is termed as very grievous. The second one, exceedingly wicked. The third one, horrible. The fourth one, abominable. The fifth one, iniquitous. The sixth one, filthy. And the seventh one, vile. And if you want the scriptures for those, I can give you the scriptures. Now, the first thing that I want to show you tonight about this subject, and I want to keep it simple and keep it practical. The first thing that you see, we are going to see about it tonight in Genesis 19, that it was faced down by Lot. Now, Lot wasn't one of the brightest or dynamical Christians. He was what we call a compromiser. He was fond of material things, and times his principles were not that high, and times there were sins that he committed swept under the carpet. But when he came to this sin, he stood fiercely and firmly against it, and he called it wicked. Can I just pause a wee moment and say it's not only Christians and it's not only evangelical Christians and it's not only many in Christendom tonight that are, that are appalled at what's going on in relation to this. There's hundreds and hundreds of decent people who have no inclination after spiritual evangelical things at all and they know in their heart And we all know in our heart, my friends, tonight that it's wrong and it's abominable in the eyes of God. So we're at Genesis chapter 19. I'm going to show you how, first of all, how Lot faced these men down in in Genesis 19 and verse 1. And there came two angels to Sodom at evening, And Lot sat in the gate of Sodom, and Lot, seeing them, rose up to meet them. And he bowed himself with his face toward the ground. Now let me stop there. These two men in the form were two men in the form of angels. Lot had been promoted to the mayor of the city of uh, Sodom. It just shows you how he slid away from the truth that he was taught. But he was mayor of the of Sodom, and uh, he was sitting on the gate, which means that he was a judge. And we know from scriptures before this that these angelic beings were sent by God to destroy the city because of its iniquity had come up before God. And Lot recognized these two angelic beings in the form of men. And he bowed before them and he welcomed them into the mayor's chambers. And then we read this in verse 2. And he said, Behold, now my lords, turn in, I pray you, into your servant's house and tarry all night and wash your feet and ye shall rise up early and go on your ways. And they said, Nay, but we will abide in the street all, all night. Now obviously Lot didn't want them to stay on the streets. And we can see that and we'll see it in a wee minute. He didn't want them to stay in the streets. And you wouldn't have wanted to be on the streets of Sodom at night either. No, you wouldn't have wanted your family on them either. And then we read this in verse 3. And he pressed upon them greatly. Now that word pressed is a strong word. He pleaded with them. And he actually literally caught hold of them and pulled them in. And he pressed upon them greatly, and they turned into him, and entered into his house, and he made them a feast, and did bake unleavened bread, and they did eat. 
Now look at verse 4. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round, round both old and young, all the people from every quarter. Now let me say this to you. When these men of the city, these Sodomites of the city, heard that there was two strange men in town, fueled with their lust, they gathered from all over and demanded them be released from the house of Lot. Verse 5 says this, And they called unto Lot and said unto him, Where are the men which came into thee that night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. Now that word know is a very, a very explicit word. It's to sexually know. It's to sexually know. So here we have men. Here we have men at the door of Lot's house calling both old and young men. Notice that in verse 4. Both old and young men from every quarter. I don't know how great a crowd of them there must be, but they, they came to the door of, of Lot and swarmed the door and demanded that these men would be brought out. Verse 6, And Lot went out at the door unto him and shut the door after him. In other words, he stepped outside and stood with his back to the door between the Sodomites and the men inside. So you get a picture of that into your mind tonight. And verse 7, he says this, and, I, and said, I pray you, brethren, do not wickedly. Now, my friend, this is Lot, carnal Lot. And he's saying to these men, this is a wicked thing that you're trying to do. Oh, if you call it that today, you'll get jail. Well, I care whether I get jail or not. This is what the Bible says. Look at verse, verse 8. Behold, now I have two daughters. Now, now listen, you get a hold of what this man's saying here. This shows you the intensity. It shows you the profanity of this sin. I have two daughters which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you, and do you to them that is good in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing, for therefore come they under the shadow of my Roof, can you really get that into your mind? That he's given out his two daughters. These, these people didn't want his daughters. These people didn't want women. These people wanted men. And here we have this very graphic, powerful picture here in Genesis, truth in Genesis, about this. And look at verse 9. And they said, stand back. Stand back. And they said again, this one fella came to sojourn amongst us. In other words, they're saying, you're only a blow in here. And so he was, of course. You're only a blow in here. What, what right have you? And right, read on what they say. This one fella came into sojourn, and he will needs be our judge. Now will we deal worse with thee than with them. And the press sore upon the man even Lot, and came near to break the door. In other words, they're saying to him, get out of the road. And they, 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 were, they were about to abuse him if they didn't physically abuse him. You see, my friend, remember this tonight, there's an aggressiveness. There's a hostility. There's a belligerence with this crowd. And we see it every day. And we see it in every newscast that we see about them, in every paper that we read. There's a, there's a, there's a belligerence, there's a defiance, there's a, there, there's a, there's a demand coming from them. And uh, I say to you, this is Lot's house. And Lot has a right to let into his house whoever he likes, and so have I. And so have I. And so has the man that runs the bed and breakfast down the road. He has a right to let in whoever he wants to let in, no matter what the law says about it. 
If I put an advert in the paper for this meeting or any other meeting and I say everybody's welcome, everybody's welcome. And if you're of this click tonight, you're welcome. And you're welcome into this church. But when it comes to running this church, when it comes to appointing deacons and elders and Sunday school teachers and organists and anything else that goes on in churches, the elders' job to do that and they will do it and the Constitution as ours declares what we need and what we require. It's not for them to dictate to us. Look at verse 9 again. Watch verse 9 again. And it says, stand back. Stand back. Do you, hear, do you see what does it? Stand back. Who are you to judge us? Who are you to tell us? You see, they're getting militant here, demanding their rights. We have a right. We have a right to come into this house. We have a right to take hold of these men that have come in. You have no right to stop it. That's what you're hearing every day. And let me tell you, you'll hear more of it. You have no right to stop us. My friend, let me say this tonight. There's none of us have any rights tonight. They're talking about equal rights. There's none of us have any rights tonight. What we need tonight is mercy. And if you're a sinner in this meeting tonight and you're not saved, you need mercy. It's not rights you need to be after. But more rights, civil rights and dog rights and cat rights and all the rights under the sun, everything's right and God's wrong. But I'll tell you, there's coming a day when he will vindicate. God is the wee fella, and they're the big fella. And it doesn't matter what God says, and it doesn't matter what the Word says, and it doesn't matter what these, these, these Bible-bashing Christians say. We don't want it, and we don't want them, and we want our own way, and we want our own thing. I'll tell you, God will put a stop to it. Now read on down, do you see? But the men, verse 10, but the men put forth their hand and pulled Lot that's the men, that's the angelic beings behind Lot, put the force of the hand and pulled Lot into the house and shut the door. And, and they smote the men that were at the door. In other words, we can say God smote the men at the door with blindness and they wearied themselves to find the door. Only God stepped into this situation, my friend, that had been into the house. Only God stepped in and blinded them. And it says that they went round, they wearied themselves trying to find the door. I wonder am I speaking to someone tonight here and you're not saved? I wonder are you in this meeting tonight and you've never come to the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior and you're weary trying to find the door? Well, I say to you, weary no longer. Weary no longer tonight. You've tried this door and you've tried that door and you've tried the other door and you're weary tonight and there's no peace and there's no sins forgiven and there's no assurance of heaven. Well, I tell you tonight, Jesus says, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, thou shalt be saved. And if you're weary tonight, and if you're weary along the road tonight, weary and tired tonight with your sin, weary and tired maybe with this sin or some other sin, or I say to you, wherever you are, wherever you're listening, wherever you're watching, listen, there's a Savior from all sin. If you'll only let him in. And the door's wide open. He says, I am the door by me. If any man enter in, he shall be saved. Hallelujah. The Lord can save you tonight. He can satisfy you tonight. He can forgive you tonight. He can cleanse you tonight. He's a mighty Savior. He's a mighty God. And he's able to do it if you let him. And these men were staggering. Job says they were groping in darkness without light, staggering like a drunk man wearied to find the door. So you see Lot faced them down. But not only do we see them face down by lot. I want you to turn with me to Leviticus chapter 18. Just come on over now. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus chapter 18. And take your time and get the place. There's so much more we could say about Genesis 19, but we haven't time tonight. Other than to show you that Lot, he, he wasn't the godliest of men, Faced them down, stood against them, done everything he could, offered his own daughters, because it was such a wicked and cruel thing. And you saw their attack on him, the 
forced their way into the house and tried to force their way into the house and war broke out at the door. And, oh, what an awful scene that must have been. You wouldn't want it to be on the streets of Sodom, I'm telling you. And the more you see that and the more you realize that and the more you study that, you can understand how God turned it into ashes. But here in Leviticus chapter 18, we not only see it faced down by Lot, we see it condemned by the law. Now, Leviticus 1 to 19, and we're not going into the, into the depths of this tonight, we can't. But in Leviticus 1 to 19, 24 times in 13 verses, you'll read nakedness uncovered. Nakedness uncovered. And if you want to take a, a pen sometime and note these, you'll see verse after verse after verse, especially down from verse 10, verse 11, verse 12, on right down, you'll read about nakedness uncovered. Now, there's one sin that comes out of this, and I know that if we uh, preached and studied this, we'd be bringing out other things uh, and the law and so forth. But there's one sin that comes out of this, nakedness uncovered, and that is an epidemic. An epidemic that's, uh, uh, that's across our land tonight, and it's called pornography. And I say from my heart tonight, to any of you young men or women, or older men or women either, if you're tinkering, if you're duking, if you're switching this stuff on or off, let it be in a phone, let it be in an internet, let it be in some other means of communication, let it be in a magazine, let it be a paper. I say to you tonight, if you can't handle it, then get rid of it. Do you hear that tonight? Jesus said, he, Jesus went further, he said, he said, cut off your arm or cut off your eye if you can't handle lust. And I feel I'm speaking to someone because I don't care where you'd get a gathering of people today. I'm talking to you about Christian people. This is a damnable scourge in our land. My friend, let me tell you, it'll destroy your marriage and it'll destroy your children and it'll destroy your home. And if you don't get down before God and confess it and repent of it and flee from it and start getting into the Bible and into prayer meetings and start reading healthy books and healthy literature and stop buying that paper with nude photographs on the front of it, even some of our daily papers, for we're living in the day, my friend, when everything we see and face is filled with stuff like this. And so down here we have, and we haven't time again to go into that, but uncovering nakedness, uncovering nakedness, speaks to me of pornography. But then go to verse, go to verse 20 of Leviticus 18. Moreover, verse 20 of Leviticus 18 Moreover, thou shalt not lie carnally with thy neighbor's wife to defile thyself with her. Her neighbor's wife, that's adultery. Then look at verse 21, and this is a very serious verse. If you keep it in its context and you study what Molech is. And thou shalt not let any of thy seed, that's the children, pass through the fire to Moloch. Now you just think of that. Again, we haven't time to go into this tonight, but Moloch was the God that they offered the children to. I said this this morning, I said it again tonight. In 2018, the statistics are out for 2018 abortions in the British Isles. Many would you think? Many would you think? A quarter of a million un born, defenseless children, able to survive and able to live and able to move. My friend, one quarter of a million of them have been aborted in our nation in 2018. 
And what did they do with the remains of the fetuses or remains of the wee bodies of the baby? They burned them. There was an incinerator in, in, a, in, in a place in the north of England where they, they, they burned them in a incinerated and they heated the hospital. But the flame, but the few. And don't you tell me God will not judge this. Don't you tell me that we can live in a day when we can slay and murder children. When they'll pass laws that you can't put a plastic bag out in the ditch or it'll kill a snail. We are in trouble. And it's time that these things were uncovered. And God will deal and is dealing with the nation. Verse 21, the end of it says, Neither shalt thou profane the name of the Lord God. That's blasphemy. Now here's the verse we're after, 22. And thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is an abomination. That's what God says it is. It is an abomination. You young people hear that tonight. You young people hear these names tonight. You young people hear the scripture tonight. Hear these words tonight. And listen, young man, young woman tonight, if you're not saved, get down before God before this meeting's over and get saved before the devil gets you. We heard this morning that they have come out now and they've said, we're targeting, these are the Sodomites, we're targeting now the children. Of course we know they are. They're targeting the schools. They're targeting the universities. They're targeting the homes. They're targeting the churches. They're militant. In verse 23, it gets worse as you go down and I'm not going down it. Neither shalt thou lie with any beast. That's bestiality. We're not going to that. And all these sins are all sins condemned by God's law. Look at verse 29. For whosoever should commit any of these abominations, even the souls that commit them shall be cut off from among the people. Verse 30. Therefore shall ye keep mine ordinance that ye commit not any of these abominable customs which are committed to you before you and that ye defile not yourself therein, for I am the Lord your God. Now holding on to that thought, turn with me to Deuteronomy 23, please. On over to Deuteronomy chapter 23. And verse 17. Because this is the Bible speaking tonight, it's not man. And anybody tackles me or comes to me after this meeting tonight, I'll refer them to these scriptures, not to something I think or something that I say. All I have got to do, my friend, is to show them the word of God that is truth and that I believe it. Now this is to do with servanthood, and we can't go into that again. We'd have to take a night in each one of these. Verse 16 Verse 15, Thou shalt not deliver unto his master the servant which is escaped from his master unto thee. He shall dwell with thee even among you in that place which he shall choose in one of thy gates where it, where it liketh him best. Thou shalt not oppress him. Now watch this. There shall be no whore of the daughters of Israel, nor a sodomite of the sons of Israel. Thou shalt not bring the hire of a whore, I tell you, friend, this is strong language, or the price of a dog into the house of the Lord thy God. Now watch this word, for any thou, for even both these are abominations unto the Lord thy God. Any thou in the house of God. What does the Anglican bishop say about this? What does the Church of Scotland say about this? What does the Methodists and the Quakers and some of the Presbyterians say about this? Same-sex marriages? Vows 
blessings and communion with them. And I would say to these men, on the authority of the Word of God, I would say to them what Jesus said to the Pharisees whenever they tackled him on the issues of marriage. Here's what he says. Have you not read what was said from the beginning that God made male and female? For this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall be one flesh. Wherefore what God has joined together, let not man put asunder. But then they don't want to hear that, of course. They don't want to listen to the word, and so they've taken all this out to suit them. But there's a day of judgment coming. But watch this carefully now. Not only faced down by Lot and condemned by the law, there were ports from the land. First Kings 15. Just keep traveling right, keep right to First Kings 15. And you can get the CD of this and you can get these scriptures for yourself. And if you want more, I'll give you more. First Kings 15. Just two verses, verse 11 and 12. This is the godly King Asa. Verse 11 of 1 Kings 15. And Asa did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord, as did David his father. Watch this. And he took away the Sodomites out of the land and removed all the idols that his father had made. He purged the land from them. Can I say that this was one of the godly kings of Judah? And he not only removed the Sodomites from the land when he took, when he took his office, he passed laws to prevent them rising again. And once he'd done this, now listen, and you can read it for yourself, and you'll have to go to Second Chronicles to get the full story. But once he did this, there was ten years of peace in the land. And after the ten years of peace, King Zerah came against them with a million soldiers. The only time you'll read in the Word of God, apart from when China's going to invade Armageddon, that you'll get a million soldiers and more. One million soldiers, zero mustered, and come against the godly, the godly Asa, and Asa had 300,000 men. A quarter. And he drove out the million, and he burnt their chariots, and he won a mighty victory for God. So I presume from this, that how we deal with this wicked sin, how we deal with this wicked sin, will show us, will show us that sodomy and this type of sin is a hindrance to the land. And you look at the south of Ireland tonight, You look at the confusion. You look at our nation tonight. You look at the wickedness and the immorality tonight. You look at them embracing and condoning and legalizing these sins. And what confusion there is in parliament and government This sin has a bigger hindrance on our nation and on our people than any other sin. But not only is it faced down by Lot, condemned by the law, 
purged by leaders. I want to show you how it's exposed by Paul, and we're going to go to Romans 1. Just turn right over to Romans chapter 1. You see, all we hear when we preach like this, oh, this is the Old Testament law, this is the savage God of the Old Testament, killing children and killing people and passing laws. But my friend, there's plenty in the New Testament. Here we are in Romans chapter 1. We're after the cross, we're after Pentecost. And Paul is writing to the church at Rome And let me say that Rome in this day was infested with sodomy. And let me say further, it wasn't the enemies and their armies that defeated Rome. It was defeated from inside with a sin. Your history books will tell you that. And Paul's writing to the church church at Rome. And Romans chapter 1 and verse 15. Now watch carefully what he's saying because we sometimes take this out of his context. So as much in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. Now watch that again. I am ready to preach the gospel to you at Rome also. He's going to Rome. Why is he going to Rome? He says here, to preach the gospel. Why? Verse 16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. So he's going to Rome to preach the gospel, which is the power of God unto salvation. And why is he saying that? Well, look at verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Now what he's saying, and what I'm saying tonight, the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus, the gospel preached in power is the only remedy to stay the wrath of God. Because, friend, we're born in sin tonight and the wrath of God abideth on every unbeliever. And the wrath of God is upon us tonight if we're not saved, if we're not under the blood. We're under the wrath of God. That's why he gave his son. That's why he put him on the cross, stripped naked and crowned with thorns, that he would bear our sins, that the wrath that was meant for us went unto him. And he bore our sins in his own body on the tree. He went down into the deep where there was no standing and into the three hours of darkness. For our sins, for your sins and for mine. And the wrath of God was transferred from us onto him, that substitution. And he took my sins and he took my wrath there on Calvary's cross and he took yours. And that's why Paul's going to Rome. He's going to Rome to preach the gospel because it'll stay the wrath of God. And you'll see who, and there's a whole lot of people here he's talking about, but you'll see who else is, is involved in this. He lists different types of sinners here, but look at verse 24. And if you study those verses on down, you'll know know in a minute who he's talking about. It's very clear here. There's nothing ambiguous about this, my friend. There's nothing complicated about this. All it needs is the Holy Spirit to open it up to us. All it needs men is to stand in pulpits and preach it and stand in street corners and preach it and not fear men. We can't run, we can't hide, we can't duke from this. How long are we going to endure switching on our news and being faced with every news bulletin? And once would be enough, but time, news, three days, three days, every news. We saw them marrying in Belfast. How long do we endure this? Look at verse 24. Wherefore God give them up to uncleanness. Now watch this. Through the lusts of their own hearts. Now you need to underline that wee phrase. The lust of their own hearts. Nothing to do with the way they're born. It's nothing to do with their genes. It's to do with the heart. I wish you would just 
Underline that now. It's to do with the heart. Not with the school. Not with the environment. Not with the days we're living in. It's to do with the heart. The heart is deceitful and above all things desperately wicked. Jesus said, out of the heart proceeds adultery, murder, fornication, evil thoughts, blasphemy, and on it goes. Listen, if God would have created these people that way, if what they tell us that they were created, and let me tell you this, I read in a national paper not so long ago that a good number, I, I, I can't remember, but it was a big number of ones that uh, were transgenders who moved from male to female or female to male, a lot of them have gone back to the original way they were created because they can't handle it. They can't handle it. So here you have the lust of the heart. If God had created them this way, why would he call it filthy? Why would he call it vile? Why would he call it an abomination for anything that God created was good? And he knows. Sure, it would stand to sense, common sense, if you never had a Bible or anything else, it would stand to common sense that he created a man and he created a woman. Verse 25, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and that's what they're doing. They're telling us now that the Bible's a lie, creation's a lie, the way that they were born is a lie. They're getting that into the minds of the wee children. You were never meant to be a boy, you were never meant to be a girl. who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed. Now, verse 26. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affection. That's not the only place you get it referred to as vile. There's other scriptures. Vile affections. For even their woman. Now listen, friend, this was written in the first century. For even their woman did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another. That's what was going on at Sodom. At Lot's door, they were burning in their lust. There's a fire, and it's spreading throughout our land, and it's going to get worse. And it'll be like the fires in Australia, it'll take everything that's coming, unless we stand. Unless we did what we done on Friday night here from 8 o'clock to 12 o'clock, 18 or 90 of us howl between the porch and the altar and cry for our children and for our homes and for our families. And I'm glad I was there on Friday night. But I can tell you as long as I'm in this ground and as long as I'm in this pulpit and as long as I am, I have breath. They'll not take the children from this church. They'll not take these lovely wee 25 or 30 children that come into the Sunday school here on Sunday morning or the Friday night. They'll not take them as long as I am here. For I'll close the door and I'll stand in front of them. And I know that many will stand with me. Because this thing has got to be stopped and the only one that can stop it is God. Verse 27, And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman turned in their lust one toward another man with men, working that which is unseemly, 
and receiving in themselves that recompense, watch this, that recompense of the error which was meet. In other words, the judgment that's coming to them. Verse 29, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetous, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God. I'll tell you the some crowd, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of good, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection. See that? Implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but of pleasure in them that do them. Now I want you to scan your eyes on this four times you read about the word known or knowledge. Verse 19, known. Verse 21, new. Verse 28, knowledge. Verse 32, known. What does that tell me? Well, it tells me that they have rejected knowledge. Knowledge. You don't tell me that you live in this province for any length of time. I don't care how you were brought up or where you were brought up. But you have some knowledge of God. And even you had never got a gospel track and never were at a gospel meeting. You know in your own heart and in your own soul, my friend, because God has put it into our hearts that this is wrong. And to know something and reject it, it could be the worst sin of all. Donald Gray Barnhouse says about these last half of Romans chapter 1, he says are the worst verses in all of Scripture. They have rejected knowledge four times, it says they knew. They rejected the light of the gospel. They changed the truth of God into a lie. They must have known the truth of God or they couldn't have changed it into a lie. Then look at verse 26 again, and verse 26 says, and he, and this cause, God give them up. And then in verse 28 it says, and God give them over. So he gives them up. And he gives them over. Why did he give them up and he gives them over? Because they rejected the light and they rejected the knowledge, and they rejected the truth, and they knew it, and didn't do it. Do you know it tonight? And maybe you have nothing to do with this sin at all tonight, but listen, you're a sinner. Maybe you fall into the category of some of these other things here, do you? Which of us would escape those? For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Son, you're a sinner tonight. And the wrath of God abideth on you tonight. And that's why I'm preaching the gospel, because I have nothing else to offer to you. And I'm not ashamed of the gospel, Paul says, for it's the power. I tell you, it's the power to deliver you. No matter what your sin is, it can deliver you tonight. He will deliver you. That's why we sang that song. He is able. Glory to God is able to deliver men and women tonight. Now there's one more, and I'm finished. Faced down by lot, condemned by the law, purged from the land, exposed by Paul, cleansed by Christ. First Corinthians 6, and we're finished then. Just on over a few pages. Oh, I love this portion. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9. Know ye not that 
The unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, now watch this carefully, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, watch this now, or abusers of themselves with mankind. There we are. Effeminate. Abusers of themselves with mankind. He's writing to the church at Corinth. Nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And if he left that, that would be desperate if he left it there, but he doesn't. Oh, and his lovely, tender passion, Paul says, and such were some of you. But ye are washed. You're sanctified. You're justified in the name of our Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. <laughs> in the church at Corinth, there were many members. And I tell you, they were from some different backgrounds. And Paul relates some of the background. He says, such were some of you, you were fornicators, you were idolaters, you were sodomites. And such were some of you. So they were in amongst the church. But now, you're washed. You're sanctified. You're set apart. You're a child of God. You're in the church. You're in membership. You're loved. Friend, you're loved tonight. And whatever your sin might be, listen, you can be washed tonight in the blood of Calvary. The blood of Jesus, God's Son, cleanseth us from all sin, every sin, every sin. Doesn't matter how deep, how dark, how evil, how wicked it is. Repent tonight and be converted. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord, though your sins be as scarlet. Come now. Come see this horrible thing. Come see these sins that grieve the heart of God. These sins, my friend. And Sodomy was only one of them that put him onto the cross, that nailed him to that old cross, that battered him and bludgeoned him there until the tongue claved to the roof of his mouth, until he, he gave up the ghost and cried, Finished! Oh, bless his name, what a message we have tonight. And there's still time to preach it. And God in his grace and his mercy is going to let us declare it until the Holy Ghost begins to move across Ulster from Bangor to Bantry Bay and Dublin to Donegal when the Spirit of God is going to come down and cut across all these old denominational nonsense and tripe and everything else that's going on and he'll raise up a body and a, a men and women whose hearts God has touched, washed, cleansed, saved by his grace going through the land like a mighty power. Oh, you believe it tonight, that there's power in the blood. And as we're preaching this morning on, there's a God in heaven that answers prayer. And he'll answer your prayer tonight, sinner, if you'll cry it. And mother and father, he'll answer the prayer for your children too. Maybe not in the way you want it. But he'll answer prayer. For he's a God that answers prayer.